from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the debut edition of the Fight for Monday Night Podcast. I am Mike De Niro. On this episode of the Fight for Monday Night, we're going all the way back in time to September 1995. We're going to talk about the debut edition of Monday Nitro and then week two of Monday Nitro as they went head-to-head with Monday Night Raw for the very first time. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all our followers. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you for following along on the Fight for Wednesday Night podcast. Thanks for following along on the Raw vs. SmackDown podcast. I appreciate you. Without your support, there is no podcast. So I want to thank you once again from the bottom of my heart. Before we get into the show, though, make sure you follow us on Mike De Niro's Wrestle War on Instagram. That is Mike De Niro's Wrestle War. D-I-N-E-R-O, baby. We're going to get this shit going. Let's go. On this podcast, we're not going to be talking about all the history of the Monday Night War. We're not going to talk about, oh, Ted Turner told me that I'm going to... No, fuck all that shit. We're going to go on a week-to-week basis. So let's go all the way back to September 4th, 1995. The debut edition of Monday Nitro. This was at the Mall of America. And we are going to do this show even though that the first week of the Monday Night War started the week after this. Because... Come on, we can't start the Monday Night War by talking about week two of the Monday Night War. No, we're going to talk about how it all started. Monday Nitro was up against nobody on the first episode, which was a great way to start because you really established that audience. You really established that, hey, we're here without the competition of the WWF on the other channel. That all starts next week. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But let's talk about that debut edition of Monday Nitro. I love the way this show looked. Being in the Mall of America, it's a different setting. It's a setting that I haven't seen ever again after this. And that's something that WCW was very, like, I guess known for. But it was very cool. A different aspect to WCW was they had different settings. Something that I talked about in the past that I loved about AEW was the constant setting change. I know with the pandemic, it switched a lot of shit up. But you know what? We're going to probably get back to that afterwards coming in the near future, I hope. But yeah, in... WCW, you know, you had Sturges, you had Bash at the Beach, you had all these different settings that they would wrestle these shows on, and it was really cool to see that established on the very first edition of Monday Nitro, being in a mall. 
And the first thing that WCW did on this show was prove that they have action that is totally different than the WWF. The opening match of this show was Jushin Thunder Liger versus Brian Pillman. Both these guys had legendary careers, but at this moment, these guys are two virtual unknowns in the U.S. scene if you were just a casual viewer of the WWF. Brian Pillman and Jushin Liger fought a very fast-paced matchup that was, I guess, the the first experience of what the cruiserweight division is going to be in WCW. Something that's just going to be all action, high flying and things that, you know, you never seen at that point because at that point it was a lot of either big man, slow paced wrestling or technical wrestling. So to see these luchadors and Japanese strong style and high flyers coming to WCW was awesome. But this match alone, really good matchup. Brian Pillman picked up the win. It was great to see Jushin Thunder Liger. That's a name I never thought I'd be talking about on this podcast. But I am so excited that we're going back in time. It's so awesome. But anyway, Brian Pillman wins this matchup. Really awesome. Bischoff was very good on uh, play-by-play. I I should have mentioned that Eric Bischoff, Mongo McMichaels, and Bobby Heenan was on commentary for the show. As they were in the first couple episodes of WCW Nitro. And yeah, something that stood out to me was Mongo sucks and Bischoff was pretty awesome as a play-by-play guy. Brian, well, Bobby the Brain Heenan, what could I say about that guy? He's just so legendary at everything he could do. But yeah, if it was just Bobby Heenan and Eric Bischoff, I think that the commentary team will be phenomenal. But at this point, it's just okay because Mongo really brings it down. He's very inexperienced, but it's okay. I could see past that. It was a lot of him just trying to get himself over, but whatever. Talk about nostalgia. After this matchup, we go to a vignette of Hulk Hogan selling pasta. Pasta mania running wild. He was selling, I guess, he had spaghetti or a pasta deal at the Mall of America that they were promoting. And yeah, it was just very 90s. <laughs> Hulkamania, pasta mania. I, I don't know. Like, If you want to know what I'm talking about, like, it's hard for me to explain this. Go check out the show. He was basically promoting pasta in a promo. But yeah, then after this, we get Ric Flair versus Sting. Legendary feud between these two guys. Every time they stepped it in the ring, they had great chemistry with each other. Flair and Sting, what could be said, great match. But before the matchup started, in walks Lex Luger from the WWF, debuting on WCW or returning. But yeah, you know, everyone who knows about this knows that this was the first shot in the arm This is Nitro showing that they're a big deal. A night before this, Lex Luger was actually on a WWF house show. So no one knew that his contract was actually up. So when he debuted on WCW, people were really shocked. They thought that he was still a part of the WWF. But he's here on WCW Nitro. So at that time, I can only imagine how much of a shock that caused on the internet. And well, the early internet, I guess. And just basically everyone thinking that, yo, what the hell is this guy doing here? It was awesome reliving this in context and not just like in the DVD of what happened during the Monday Night War. It was awesome to see this and the pop that he got. It was a total, holy shit, shocking pop. So that was really cool. Sting and Lex Luger, well, no, Sting and Ric Flair had a pretty good matchup. Ric Flair kept on, you know, running from Sting in a way. Sting hit him with five press slams. Arn Anderson came out. He... Basically brawled with Flair after the matchup. This was setting up uh, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair at Fall Brawl. Which was in two weeks from this. And yeah, this was a really good matchup. I enjoyed it. 
After the matchup, Scott Norton makes his debut by confronting Eric Bischoff and McMichaels at the commentary table, and he is fought off by Randy Savage. I'm just like loving this. Like I know this is the debut edition, and I can't wait to get further into this. But it's still shocking to me to like when we started the Fight for Wednesday Night podcast and talk about the current landscape of AEW and NXT. I never thought I'd be on this microphone talking about Randy Savage, Scott Norton, Sting, Ric Flair. Hulk Hogan, Postamania. It's it's really awesome, man. I'm sorry if I'm fanning out over here. But yeah, so we got Randy Savage confronting Scott Norton and setting up a matchup between the two next week. To my surprise, and I totally forgot all about this, we got a vignette of Sabu. I thought at this time Sabu was in ECW, but I guess this is during the time where he got fired from ECW for not showing up to one of the shows for neck problems and or double booking himself in Japan, I think the... Uh, situation was but yeah we get a debut vignette for Sabu and it says that he's going to be in the ring next week so that's really cool to see Sabu who's one of my favorite extreme wrestlers on WCW at this time the main event of the show was Hulk Hogan versus Big Bubba Rogers better known as the Big Boss Man and this was just you know a regular Hogan matchup where it's him versus a big guy showing his uh, strength, fighting off, fighting from the bottom, hulking up, you know. But we didn't get a clear winner because the Dungeon of Doom attacked Hulk Hogan, which Lex Luger made the save. And the show ends with Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan jawjacking. And Lex Luger said, hey, I'm here to play with the big boys, which I guess was acceptable to say at the time. <laughs> so, basically saying that he was no longer going to be I guess, wrestling with little kids of the WWF, the smaller guys, because WWF at this time was going through the new generation, a smaller but more athletic movement of like guys like 1-2-3-Kid, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and so on and so on. Lex Luger, who's a bigger guy, he said he wanted to wrestle with bigger guys that could go at his size, and he called out Hogan on his first night, setting up a matchup between Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger on week two for the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. I thought the debut edition of this WCW Nitro show was pretty fun. It was definitely different than what I would expect WWF was putting out at the time. Because at this time I was only one years old guys. So I really don't remember half of this shit. But you know what? I'm going to go back and relive it like it's the present. So yeah, this is totally different than anything was out that anything that was out in the present time. I guess besides ECW, but no one was really catching ECW. It was on syndication. So this was a big move for WCW and a real shot at WWF. So I was very interested to see how WWF was going to answer this debut edition of Nitro. And the answer comes a week later, September 11th, 1995, the first Monday Night Raw since Nitro debuted. Now, like I said earlier, Raw was pre-exempt last week, so there was no Monday Night Raw, and Nitro had no competition. This was the first week, September 11, 1995, where we're going to get the Monday Night War, the fight for Monday Night, Raw versus Nitro. So let's talk about Monday Night Raw. The show starts out with highlights from the SummerSlam ladder match from 1995 with Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, a great ladder match, the one where HBK won the Intercontinental Champion. This was a rematch from their legendary ladder match at WrestleMania 10. Tonight's show, the main event, is going to be HBK versus Psycho Sid. We have Razor Ramon versus British Bulldog on this show. 
the raw intro for this the the rooftop video that was like legendary at the time was awesome, but the intro song sucked. I don't know what the hell that was. It was some slow R and B style, like I don't know. It, it did not fit the show, but yeah, thank God they changed that because if that was the raw intro at that time, Nitro already wins on the intro perspective. But the first match of this show was Razor Ramon versus British Bulldog with Jim Cornette in his corner. Pretty good match for what it was. A lot of interference from the outside from Cornette. Dean Douglas, a.k.a. Shane Douglas, interferes in the matchup. 1-2-3 Kid tries to make the save. He accidentally splashes Razor. This match gets thrown out. It's a DQ. Well, it's a no contest. And Razor and 1-2-3 Kid start... Having an argument in the ring with Vince McMahon there to interview Razor and 123Kid. And it is announced that 123Kid versus Razor Ramon will go down next week. So that should be interesting. Especially in that time. I know that that, that was the click. So I'm sure there was great chemistry between the two. And I can't wait to see that matchup. I think that's going to be a good matchup. But the first match for Raw. Eh, nothing special. I do like seeing British Bulldog. I like seeing Razor. And I wish that they had a clear cut winner for this. But Whatever. After this, we had a uh, nothing squash match for the Smoking Guns. They went against, uh, I guess, I, I don't even know what his name was in WWF. I didn't catch it on the show, but it was the former Luis Piccoli, God rest his soul, and the Brooklyn Brawler. So the Smoking Guns made quick work of them. This was a nothing match. Goldust cut a promo on Undertaker, setting up their matchup and their feud. This I can't wait to see when it goes down. A Goldust versus Undertaker match. Just knowing what I know now. And how legendary both these wrestlers were. Or are at now. To see them at this time wrestle. I'm sure was great. Especially with Goldust first starting out. In this new gimmick that he has. At this time he's very controversial. For the time period. Undertaker was one of the. I guess flag bearers for WWF at the time. So this should be very interesting. Isaac Yankums versus Scott Taylor. Oh my god, if if you didn't know, your ass better call somebody. Nah, if you didn't know, this was basically Scotty Too Hotty versus Kane, but in previous gimmicks. The Isaac Yankum's gimmick is absolutely stupid. The evil dentist, you know. Now, on this channel, you're going to be hearing about two evil dentists, because I guess I'm going to be talking about Isaac Yankum's for a while, and definitely going to be talking about Britt Baker on AEW on Wednesday nights. But yeah, he went against Scott Taylor. Another squash match, which at this point, we had two squash matches and a match got thrown out for the first match. So, so far, the show has been pretty mediocre. After this, we had Todd Pettingell. Gosh, that's a throwback. Todd Pettingell is promoting In Your House. This screamed 90s because, you know, Todd Pettingell himself screamed 90s. Still to this day, Todd Pettingell is 90s. (laughs) But yeah, in your house. The main event of this show was Psycho Sid versus HBK. Shawn Michaels and H... Well, Shawn Michaels and HBK. Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid had really good chemistry. Sid actually did a kip-up in this match for his size. That's very impressive. And that's something that I noted down that was really cool to see. Shawn Michaels wins this matchup with the super kick. And that was the match of the night, in my opinion. This show was not good. Monday Night Raw, I know 1995 was the dark days for WWE, but this show was really not good. So, after seeing this, and after seeing the Nitro from the week before, it was hard to see. It was clear that WWE was not taking Nitro as a clear-cut competitor 
slash rival yet or anything like major because they just put out pretty much a nothing show for the first week of this war with Nitro. So let's get into Nitro for this week. The September 11th, 1995 Nitro starts out with Sabu, who I said had a vignette last week showing that he's going to debut this week, versus Alex Wright. This was very fast-paced, very fun, just like last week's opening match with Brian Pillman and Jushin Thunder Liger. It starts out the show hot, gets the crowd going. It was really cool to see Sabu in the WCW ring. Great to see Alex Wright. That's a throwback for me. This was a great match. Sabu wins with a victory roll from the top rope. It was really cool. Then Sabu goes all ECW on Alex Wright, pulls out a table and slams him through it with a splash. And because of that, the referee, who I believe was Nick Patrick, he reversed the decision. Sabu loses this match by disqualification and Alex Wright wins. This is not ECW. You cannot pull that off after a match, I guess. So yeah, Alex Wright wins. I was a little disappointed with the reversal of the decision. I thought it would have been a little more cooler to see Sabu just slamming through the table and we take Sabu as a threat going forward, but I guess not. Ric Flair is out. He cuts a promo with Mean Gene. He's talking about the Four Horsemen. He's talking about his match with Arn Anderson coming up at Fall Brawl. Lex Luger comes out for no virtual reason. He comes out. He stands there. Ric Flair is like, oh, daddy, look at the total package. You don't change. Woo, woo, woo. And Lex Luger was all like, yeah, thank you. You never change, Rick. And then gets out the ring and walks away. Like, it literally made no sense for Lex to come out. And that was the end of the promo, which literally made no sense to me. But always great to see the legendary Ric Flair. Always great to see Mean Gene. And I like Lex Luger, so I'm going to cut him some slack. I know he gets a lot of bullshit, but I like Lex. We get Sting versus VK Wall Street, the former IRS. This was a really good matchup. I enjoyed this. Sting gets the victory. They had good chemistry. A little sloppy towards the end. I guess they there was a miscommunication, but you know what? Sting, always great to see Sting, especially Surfer Sting. Cool to see this matchup. I enjoyed it. But the one thing that I noted down was during this matchup, well, it was like during Sting's entrance, it was the first time that Eric Bischoff gave away Raw's results live on Nitro. It was kind of shocking to hear that it happened the second week. I thought that was something that he waited to do down the line. I didn't know that he was giving away the taped episode of Raw's results on Nitro by the second week of Nitro. During Sting's entrance, he says, Oh, don't change the channel. Shawn Michaels, the boy toy, is going to beat the big man, Psycho Sid, with a super kick. Which is exactly what just happened because I just saw Raw and it happened. Which was like, oh my god. I can't believe like that happened like right then. It's insane. This is what I wish the NXT versus AEW war was. More like shots at each other and a rural war. It's more of like a friendly competition. This was a war. Eric Bischoff was cutthroat. He was coming for WWF's neck. And that was insane to hear him give away that result. And showing that they are here for the WWF spot. They are not here to be another wrestling show. They are here to take the WWF down. And that is going to make this so much fun to watch on a weekly basis and I'm sure it was great for viewers and fans at that time to watch on a weekly basis after this oh by the way Sting wins the match with a crossbody I think I said Sting won before but I don't know whatever but yeah Sting wins the match pretty good matchup after this we get Scott Norton versus Macho Man Randy Savage oh yeah what a matchup here yeah that was horrible. The Macho Man Randy Savage and Scott Norton have a pretty good matchup here. I thought it was 
decent, a little sloppy. Scott Norton was just tossing around the Macho Man, and he injured the back of the Macho Man, and they were really playing off this injury throughout the night, well, throughout the matchup, and later on in the night saying that he was getting checked by the doctors. The matchup ends when the Dungeon of Doom comes out, and I guess they interfere. There was a mishap. Shark, the former Earthquake, he lands on Scott Norton. He's like on his legs, which leaves Scott Norton all open for the Monster Man flying elbow drop. And yeah, that's how the match ended. It was a little clustery. I don't know. It was a big cluster. But none and behold, the Monster Man wins the matchup. We get the main event, Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger, which was made the week before. This was a pretty good matchup. Until the ending, but yeah, Hulk Hogan was actually technically wrestling in this. See, I saw a ground game with Hulk Hogan, which is something that I did not expect to see. He had a front choke hold. He did a drop toe hold. Yo, shouts to Hulk Hogan. He could actually wrestle, and he doesn't get enough respect, and he doesn't get enough credit because they, everyone says he's not talented. He's just a big guy. He's just a gimmick, but yo, Hogan could wrestle. Like, I knew that because I've seen some of his stuff against Antonio Inoki, against Chono, against the Great Muda in Japan, but if you didn't see it, he had glimpses of it here in WCW with Lex Luger in this matchup, and I really thought that was refreshing to see, but this was another match where the Dungeon of Doom come out and attack, this is where the DQ came, I got confused with the Macho Man match, Sting and Macho Man fight off the Dungeon of Doom, they make the save, after this, Sting wants Lex Luger to join Team Hogan for war games at Fall Brawl, Macho Man says he's not having it, he doesn't trust him, he doesn't trust Sting, he doesn't trust Jimmy Hart, he says, why didn't the Dungeon of Doom attack you during the brawl? And Sting is like, come on, man, like, why, no, you know, we're, we're over here to help Hogan, we're here to help you, we're not with the Dungeon of Doom, and, and at the end, Lex Luger says that he'll join Team Hogan if Hogan gives him a title shot, Hogan agrees, so Nitro ends with Hogan, Savage, Lex, and Sting on the ring united. This was a good show. It was not a great show. It was not as good as week one of Nitro, but I didn't expect it to be as good as week one of Nitro. But it destroyed Monday Night Raw, in my opinion. Monday Night Raw was a nothing show, in my opinion, with a lot of squash matches and DQs. Where here on Nitro, they actually had storyline development and big stars having big title matches. So once again, WCW came out the box swinging while WCW, well, while WWF is still nonchalantly doing what they do. So I'm interested to see after this how week three plays out to see if WWF takes the WCW serious and if they actually have a balls to the wall show like they need because that's what WCW is doing at this time every single week, it seems. So catch us next week. The Fight for Monday Night podcast, where we're going to talk about week three of the Monday Night War to see how WWF responds to two amazing Nitros coming out the bat. Are they going to start taking them serious right away, or is WWF going to get their ass kicked for a couple more weeks before they start putting on quality shows? Because (sighs) that role was hard to sit through. I'm sorry. And that's coming from someone who was a big fan of early 90s WWE. But anyway, make sure you check us out. On Instagram at Mike De Niro's Wrestle War. Tune in this Wednesday for the flagship show on this channel, the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast, where we're going to be talking about this week's NXT versus AEW. And also, this Friday, a new show joining the channel, 
We're going to be doing the Raw vs. SmackDown podcast where we're going to be going back in time to 2002, the draft that started the initial brand split, and we're going to go week to week, just like we do with this podcast and on Wednesdays, talk about Raw vs. SmackDown. Check it out. We're going to be talking about the initial draft this week on Friday. For all the latest news on the Fight for Monday Night podcast, for all the latest news on the Fight for Wednesday Night podcast, for all the latest news for the Raw vs. SmackDown podcast, follow at Mike De Niro's Wrestle War on Instagram. That is at Mike De Niro's Wrestle War. Thank you very much. Have a great week. I'm going to catch you Wednesday, and I'll catch you guys Friday. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.